With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today's episode of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast comes in association with Nutmeg, the Scottish football periodical. The subscription-only quarterly publication is filled with top-quality writers, great articles and fascinating stories about the beautiful game in Scotland. Get your subscription at www.nutmegmagazine.co.uk. And I'm also here with someone who needs to cheer on Neil Lennon, Scott Brown, and Mikel Lustig before he can do the same. It's Tom Watt. Thanks. <laughs> I like Horrible that thought. You had that, you had that intro prepared. So, yeah, so it's finally over. After waiting months to get to this stage, it finally ended on Sunday. Some people were happy with the final outcome, uh, and a lot of people were less so. Uh, of course, I'm making that same tortured reference to Game of Thrones that every single other <laughs> podcast this week is going to mention. Um, but it was also the end of the Premiership fixtures um, after the the ones on sat- Saturday and Sunday. And we're going to look back on all of the games that happened. Uh, we're going to start, I guess, with first Saturday. So it was the, the bottom six finishing things off. And really, there was only two games that were relevant. There was Dundee against St Mirren and Hamilton against St Johnson. And surprise, surprise, Hamilton survived. <laughs> The, the cockroaches uh, did whatever it is that cockroaches so, do. Yeah, ran about. Um, yeah, post nu- dying. Yeah, I mean, when it is a one-team league, post nuclear apocalypse. <laughs> when Trump presses the button, Hamilton will survive. <laughs> we'll be playing in Europe against whatever parts of Russia are left over. Ziggy Gordon will be back for his nineteenth spell. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, all credit to them. They they don't win consistently they don't put runs together they don't do you know they don't survive by conventional yeah. methods but like tooth and claw and every single week they 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 do seem to treat every single game as another go it's not like you've lost nine games in a row is going to get on back they'll find a way yeah. to win a game that no one would expect them to and credit to them because normally at this stage of the season it or in the last few few seasons anyway they've, they've been relatively safe by the last game of the season it's not quite been the same sort of pressure perhaps and the pressure was on them and they obviously lost to St Mirren earlier in the week um, so the pressure was on them and yeah, they rose to the occasion. Yeah, was that the surprising thing? I mean, they, they actually did it so easily in the end. I mean, they were Ziggy Gordon put them ahead after 11 minutes, and then that was sort of it. St. Johnson had a couple of yeah, chances they in the first half. And targeting the whole game at St. Johnson. Yeah. Um, so that was helpful. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, it was it was helpful for them. St. Johnson were literally on their holidays. Yeah. It guaranteed seventh and didn't have anything else to play for. But yeah, they still they still had to do it, and obviously it makes it look even more impressive. 
given that St Mirren actually won and I guess we'll come to St Mirren in a bit but St Mirren's form over that last kind of five or six weeks was actually pretty good they're unbeaten in all those games and Hamilton wasn't, weren't actually that far behind and, no, they, they, and they needed to kind of pick up that I think I think the thing that, that changed and the thing that kept them up was when Rice came in, um, he, we took charge of nine home games and we lost one of them, um, and that was uh, they, they got pumped five 0 by Rangers. Um, every other game, I think they had it was like four wins and four draws or something. It wasn't like fantastic, but it was enough to get them kind of what they needed. Um, and it, that's all you need to do. You don't need to be picking up surprise results all over the place. You just need to be winning the games or some of the games you'd expect to, to have a chance of winning and that's what he did. Um, do, do we think that if Cannon was still there they would have basically done the exact same? Uh, possibly, probably. yeah. <laughs> 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 one, 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 probably. One, one different games but still ended up yeah. exactly the same number yeah. of points. <laughs> Um, you certainly wouldn't rule that out. <laughs> yeah, uh, and, and and this is pretty par for the course for them now. That's three tenth place finishes, a ninth place finish. I think I'm right in saying over the last four seasons. So, I think that's one eleventh as well. One eleventh. Oh, that's right. Sorry. Yeah. I, I, um, so, I so it might be two tenths and eleventh and a ninth. That, yeah. that could be it. So, they've kind of got a pretty consistent. They they know how to survive anyway, and they've been doing it for a long time. The the thing that Rice was saying after the game was about wanting to get a younger squad for next season. So, and given they've played in a slightly different way to how they played uh, under Cannon, they've maybe been a bit more gung-ho at times and they've got battered a few more times, uh, but they've also had a few more maybe surprising results, so they've they've been a bit more positive going forwards. That idea of a, a younger squad, does that kind of make sense in terms of what they're looking at doing next season? Well, well apart from anything, you look at the um, UEFA Youth League, where they performed pretty admirably. Mm-hmm. Um, they were only put out um, quite narrowly by, I want to say, Midland from Denmark. I think that's who beat them. Someone, yeah. after they put Basel out, and Basel are kind of quite well known for having mm-hmm. quite a strong youth system. So they, they're obviously doing something right there, and they've obviously already churned out a decent number of good players from that youth system. So... Focusing on those, looking at maybe some of the kind of cast-offs from other teams, they also brought in um, Scott Martin, who had been at Hibs last summer, mm-hmm. um, and he did a fairly decent job for them this year. So it does kind of make sense as a policy, as long as they kind of keep the keep the experience around. I mean, mm-hmm. I think I think Dougie, I mean, even though he's maybe not offered as much on the park this season, it'll be a, a big loss just yeah. in terms of what he offers. They will uh, reduce the average age for <laughs> 10 years. <laughs> um, but I found it funny they had that... Uh, Captain Leader Legend thing when it was about a decade ago they basically were uh, accusing him of trying to kill one of their players when he played for Clyde and the guy had a, a heart attack on the park after uh, Emery stood in his neck whether it was deliberate or not it, it probably, even though he's a, a prick it probably wasn't but um, <laughs> it was funny how uh, how times change but it, I mean he had a, I have to say a great career considering the, the lack of ability that he has I think that would be fair to say that he's Spun out, he must have made, made the best of his appearances in the top flight, maybe. Um, yeah. yeah, so fair play to him. In terms of the, the game, uh, Ziggy Gordon's goal was as scrappy as all hell. Um, just tap it in from you know a, a big stramash from a, from a corner, and mm-hmm. I think it was a corner, and then tap it in. And then the world's fattest man with the size of him. My wife was, uh, I put the highlights on last night, and she was like, Look at the size of him, mm-hmm. and I was kind of, and she's seen Chris Boyd before, so that's uh, <laughs> quite something, but. Fair play to, to Davies, he's actually, I think, done what they wanted him to do. He's come in, he's, he's rattled a few cages, he scored a couple of goals. And yeah. Fair play to him. So, all in all, I think, across the season, they, they deserved it ahead of St Mirren. Mm. I mean, St Mirren picked up towards the end, but Hamilton were never awful for I, me. I think that's the thing, I guess, isn't it? That St Mirren had a good end to the season. They had a, a wee spurt when Hamill was there, but otherwise were... Pretty dreadful well, for large parts of the season. For most so. of the season, they were as good as Dundee. Yeah, exactly. They were arguably yeah. the worst team. Yeah, and, and it, one of the worst teams that we've seen. Well, I guess we can come on to St Mirren, but that, that's one of the things I think that Cairn has not done too badly at. The fact that that team was about as bad as Dundee when he came in, there was really nothing to separate them in terms of quality. And the fact that they got to the final day of the season and have gone on a decent run at the end of the season kind of suggests that he's finally got that team working before we move on I want to talk yeah. about the uh, comedy capers for uh, the second goal with the St Johnson defenders yes. just kind of <laughs> reenacting some sort of Benny Hill sketch or something like that or the Chuckle Brothers it was like uh, just 
basically ran into each other and left it for Davies. Uh, it was not. They're both looking at it. Yeah. They're, both looking at it. they're like, no, no, no. Okay, fine. And, and it was uh, kind of a shades of uh, McLean Hansen from uh, from the World Cup, but uh, it was just. What it was, it was a St. Johnston team that, that were already on the board. Yeah, yeah. um, I, I think I think they were certainly not bored about. Um, it, it meant nothing to them. It didn't even mean a place in the league. They were already seventh, and they might prefer Hamilton in the league because uh, Hamilton are probably never going to finish above them. St. Mirren. Yeah, there's, there's maybe a higher ceiling, yeah. isn't there, for yeah, St. Mirren yeah. than there is for Hamilton? And I, think, I mean, Hamilton will start next season, if not. Favourites to finish bottom, then second favourites to finish bottom, but they have every single season, and everyone mm. will, and they'll take points off almost everyone. Yeah, right? again, you wouldn't be surprised. I mean, just to go back to, I'd be intrigued to see how the different style of play evolve because the way that the, you know they they they've been largely not maybe not the first season when they kind of survived they they surprised everyone. Yeah. I think they're not to go point fingers at the pitch necessarily but I think the pitch surprised everyone a little bit with the first season they came and their home record especially the the, the start of that season was really excellent and um, they've had to be scrappy since but they've got some really good young players already the squad's decent I mean like um, Mimno I think came on at the end it looks a really really tidy player and he's only 17 the squad is young yeah. like once so, so I think yeah I think they've got odd. Mimno is there he's 17 McCann 22 Scott Martin He's 22. Stephen Boyd's there for another couple of seasons. He's 22. And then one and Ogbo are both out of contract, but certainly with one, you think he would potentially sign on again. I don't yeah. know what the, the deal is. But him along, alongside sort of Darian McKinnon and um, uh, who else have they got? Oakley. And, you know, there's, there's well, maybe... Isaac, 20, I, yeah, he's not that old, actually. Yeah. 20s, 23, 24. So there's, there's a kind of core of people there they can start building around again for next season uh, Fulton maybe take open yeah. goals potentially as well so yeah there's maybe but is there anything that we want to say about St Johnson apart from their yeah, madcap antics at the back they didn't turn up they did that was, I mean what, what do you want to say about yeah. them they, they, they did what they they, they finished 7th which once, once you're in the bottom 6 that's what you're trying to do they did it I think, yeah. I think they went into the split um, Eighth, so I think they picked up. I might be wrong, but I think they ended up moving ahead of Motherwell. So if that's the case, yeah, then right, they, yeah. they, they achieved something. Um, and they finished like six points ahead of where they were last season while adapting their style yeah. a bit. So yeah. and, and then they've kind of gone into the spot the last five or six games with um, that centre half pairing that they're they're looking at next season. So um, so they've got Kerr and, and Gordon that they're looking to kind of try and get them used to each other. So so it's been a yeah, I think they can probably look back on the season as being overall maybe not what it looked like it could have been when they were sexist and Johnston, but they're they've blooded a lot of young players, they've had a lot of young players that have come through and taken their chance. The team looks relatively solid from the like they've decided, well they certainly decided a good few weeks ago the players that aren't gonna be there next season are not yeah. gonna be uh, featuring anymore. And despite kind of being hopeless since the start of the year, have like picked up at the end of the season and you yeah, know, done not and they'll kind of par for the course. They'll come back next year and be contenders for yeah. top six again yeah. as they are yeah. pretty much every year. Yep. Um, if we move on then to the game that was more exciting on the Saturday, but sadly didn't really mean much in the end. Uh, there wasn't that. There was twists and turns in the game. There wasn't really twists and turns in the relegation battle. But St Mirren coming from behind to beat Dundee three uh, two, and the most surprising hat trick of the season. Yeah. That be fair yeah. to say. Yeah, the 40th hat-trick in Scottish Premier History. Probably the worst player ever. Possibly the worst hat-trick there's ever been. Pretty terrible hat-trick. Probably been some worst ones out there. No, I think that's pretty much there. It was very funny the way it twisted the fact that basically, as Cammy Kerr scored, it also filtered through that Hamilton were 1-0. And literally at the same time, I think it was meant to have made it... To, went 2-1 up was almost exactly the same moment that Hamilton scored a second <laughs> it was like there was just absolutely no um, I, I was not a, not at all impressed by St Mirren in the first uh, basically up until the red card and even a little bit after it they, they were really poor I thought um, against against 11 men they didn't look like they were going to take anything from that game I mean Dundee were playing with a bit of freedom probably because well 
their season was done. They yeah. had nothing to play for. They obviously, they obviously won last week, um, kind of in the same boat. And then, yeah, they, they came out, and you know, there was guys that were looking, someone like Cammy Kerr, who I'm okay with out the team a bit um, under McIntyre, but he hadn't looked great all season, and he was suddenly looking competent again. You will um, see the midfield starting to operate him a bit better. Um, defensively, they looked all right, and, and everything was starting to kind of. Seemed like you know maybe maybe they weren't as bad as you thought, and then and then you saw exactly why they got relegated with, um, <laughs> with Dan and Medina, defending uh, something know. some if ever an, um, a final match summed up a player's career. <laughs> like, you know, what you go you think about is Dan and the the um, World Cup final and the Penenka penalty and yeah. off the bar and then the red card and that does kind of sum up his career. He was you know a, a gifted hothead. Well, Darren Medina's career was. He was a big lumbering over. <laughs> That's what happened. He got sent off. Yeah, it wasn't five it, minutes into it was, the final game. It wasn't exactly the Vincent Company in his <laughs> no, career, it was it? Yeah. it was. I was actually looking at. I was trying to uh, look on Saturday for like the worst final matches <laughs> that anyone's ever had, and the only one I could find that comes close was, I mean, a, um, a much more bigger bigger player, Johan Cruyff. Uh, <laughs> Johan Cruyff's testimonial was I in 1978 right. was Ajax against Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich were like. The you know proper big dogs and wanted to put Ajax in their place, so turned up and beat them eight <laughs> now <laughs> and had three goals disallowed yeah. as well. Yeah. They just like turned up and were like, "We're not, yeah. we're not taking this in the spirit of this game whatsoever." <laughs> yeah, it seems like a very so odd, like that. odd choice actually, doesn't it? Because there's not exactly like two <laughs> bad blood in general. Yeah, but. yeah German, apparently, uh, apparently, Bayern Munich apologised for it. A few years ago, no, really. the friendlies in general are um, German teams take very seriously. My, my uncle used to play um, for an, an amateur team. I used to live over in, in Munich, and he played for an amateur team who were in about the eighth, ninth tier of German leagues, like away down in the kind of Munich amateur leagues, basically. <laughs> and they played a pre-season friendly against. Winter hacking, who at the time were in the Bundesliga, right. and uh, they had an Albanian centre forward who I think three months later went and scored for Albania at Wembley, and this guy scored nine goals against him in the first half. <laughs> something, half time or something, or I think they got the eighteen nil or something. So the Germans say uh, it's not the. I, mean, I guess it was his final game was the equivalent of Jonathan Woodgate's debut. That one, yeah, yeah, and and it and it um, basically chucked the game for Dundee as well, and. Um, I thought they could come out with credit. It was very, very, very St Mirren to concede a goal to nine men. Um, but unlike um, unlike previous times, they did actually come back and, and win the game. Yeah. Would you say, did Jack Hamilton have a, a worse game than Darren O'Day? Is that possible? Yes, yes, yes. yes yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Darren O'Day only had 20 minutes 20 of, minutes yeah. of game. <laughs> 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 Two ninths of a bad game. Yeah. Jack Hamilton is one of these guys who is just... I mean, he had a bad start at Dundee. He wasn't that impressive for large parts at Hearts. And then he's kind of come back into the team uh, towards the end of the season and he's not covered himself in yeah. any glory, is he? Well, I think, I think he played, if I'm correct, he played two league games for Dundee and managed to sell three goals. Which is, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm not counting... I think the, the second goal was... Was it the second goal? One of the goals was kind of all right. Obviously, yeah, it's not really I, I thought the... the, the so second. the first one was the header that he kind of palmed right. into the roof of the net, yeah, which he's... Probably shouldn't yes, have done. And, uh, the second one, I th- it looked like, because in, in the commentary, they kind of said, oh, Jack Hamilton won't be happy with this. And I, I can sort it, it was maybe difficult for him because it looked like he maybe was blinded by players in front of him, but it kind of looked like it slipped through his hands a wee bit. And then obviously the third oh, one, I mean, I've only, it, f- f- weirdly, when I was watching this yesterday, uh, I watched it on my phone and the, every time it, my, the, the internet was working fine until it got to the Hamilton goal. And I tried to watch it three or four times and every time it happened that it all kind of went really blocky and pixely. Yeah. So I've never really seen it. Yeah. Feel like, it feels I like it, I don't know if something Jack, Jack Hamilton's family's like yeah, working for the uh, yeah, <laughs> sky internet and stopped me from watching how bad that was. But it, from, from the pixelated images, yeah, I could see yeah, it looked it pretty not, terrible. Um, yeah, he's just not good. I mean, um, I don't know if we'll go back and do this, but I did uh, pick Jack Hamilton as my sign-in of the season. <laughs> <laughs> and it was purely on the basis that I thought like maybe this would be the yeah. movie but see to be fair he's probably still not far off it because he didn't play very much like <laughs> the rest of them um, but I was very much aware of bookend in Dundee's season to lose twice to St Mirren with shit goalkeeping mm. from the game player I mean in, in not in his defence because it, it, it was there was certainly culpability at all three goals that you could have done more with but the defending 
for them and the defending. Like any time you're playing behind the Dundee defence, you must just mm-hmm. be ready for like anything can happen <laughs> at any moment. And for the third goal, I think there are like there are like four players around. Like, hey, it's Cody Cook. Mm-hmm. And with, the, with the greatest of respect <laughs> to Cody Cook, you when he picks it up. I mean, he picks it up just outside the box. Yeah. You thinking right. We've got a lot of men in the box. Someone's going to stop him. <laughs> and he just starts running and he keeps running and there's more and more men going towards him just <laughs> not putting a challenge in. And rather than anything, I think it probably ended up obscuring his view and <laughs> and just being being a nuisance rather than anything mm-hmm. else in his defence. Yeah. No, just... The, yes, the men in the runner form, they're on must take them with great kind of... Um, Confidence going into the playoffs, which I think will be actually a really nice evenly matched game, a, a rematch of the hotly contested Iron Brew Cup final from two years ago, famously. Mm. Um, and it's actually very hard to pick a favourite. I think Dundee United are a better team than St Mirren, but they're also, I think, it could be a bit flakier. They were mm-hmm. they were well on the ropes on Friday night against uh, Inverness for that first half mm. before the, the very very questionable penalty decision went against them. I do think Dundee United will probably beat them um, just because I think if St Mirren play even close to the way they played I mean they made they made heavy heavy work of beating 10 man Hamilton on Monday night they, they did deserve to win that game and then again they did deserve to win on, on Saturday but again had there not been the red card in either game I'm not sure they would have won either of them so they're basically counting on Dundee United getting a player sent off in the first half now with Callum Butcher potentially playing that's always a possibility <laughs> but yeah. I mean I mean they're, they're they're obviously despite their form down there for a for a reason, yeah. you know, they haven't they haven't been good for, for most of the season. I think at least for them they're showing a bit more grit than they were early in the season. I mean they've dug out a few games very late on over the last couple of months. And they will go into it with a bit more confidence. As you say, Dundee United did look very nervous for that first twenty, twenty five minutes, especially against Cali Thistle in the second leg, and I think if St Mirren I've got somebody that can well, maybe it's Cody Cook I don't know will be the hero but somebody that can put away a chance that will definitely get presented to them then yeah. it, it feels like it's one of the uh, closest playoff finals for a while it feels like you know, one of those well, last season's felt a wee bit like although Livingston eventually won it that they'd kind of probably run their course because they'd, they'd managed to get that way and nobody kind of expected them to even maybe get to the final in the first place this one feels like it really could go either way. It's a bit of a flip of the coin. It's the first one. I'm not really. Dis- I'm not really sure who I want. No, I that's true. Really, really. Like, like, yeah. I definitely wanted Mullerwell to beat Rangers. I yeah. definitely wanted Hamilton to beat Hibs. I, a million percent wanted Kelly to beat Falkirk. Obviously, um, <laughs> I definitely want- wanted Hamilton to beat United yeah. the last time because it was funny. And then <laughs> I, I definitely wanted Levy to win last year right. because it, it's uh, a new team and all that. But this time. It's a million. It feels like they might have something to offer next season. It feels like maybe they. They could be interesting next season, but Dundee United coming back would also, I think, I, I probably would say I, I prefer some other to win, but Dundee United coming back would also be, be quite a good story. So it's kind of, I'd just be able to watch it somewhat as a neutral. Maybe once one of the players pisses me off in the first 15 minutes, that'll be when I decide or one of the team's supports does something stupid, which both of them are very capable of. Yeah. I think something really cheesy and shite. One of the, one of the big differences with this one is... Like it, certainly last season and when Hibs lost the playoff, they were in absolute free fall mm. running into and like confidence must have just been shattered. I mean like Partick Thistle last season <laughs> at no point did they look like they were gonna win that. I mean it it was relatively close, but they just offered absolutely nothing over over the playoffs. Um St. Renan are in pretty good form. They look like they've got a bit of fight about them. They could have quite easily finished bottom, you know, a few weeks ago. So there is, it's not like they're they're not going to be crushed by they've been ten full yeah. season and they've dropped into playoff places. You know, they they must have thought a few weeks ago, you know, genuinely rather than a Ray McKinnon would have <laughs> taken this a few weeks ago. They they would have genuinely yeah. thought, fine, we've got we've got a shot at it. And Dundee United, I think, have better players and have. A better squad and a better manager, and in many ways are just <laughs> many ways are just better. But there's a big flakiness factor. Yeah. Um, we just touched on the last game that happened in Saturday, which also happened of five goals. But sadly, there's not really that much no. interesting yeah. to talk about because both team season over. But Motherwell beating Levy three two after being 
three nil up. Uh, it's twice the last two times Motherwell have played Livy, they've been three 0 up in like twenty odd minutes. That, that happened uh, in the, the home, previous home game as well. I, I don't know what it is about those two teams, but um, I was out walking, or I actually had recorded this other game and watched it come back, and, and my phone was—I just set the notifications in that game and not the other one, right. and then it, it kind of buzzed three times in quick succession. And I was like, is, "What's going on here?" And I was like, "Oh no, it's three 0 And you know that way, I always wonder if like the guys just pressed the button too many times right, to yeah, give yeah. me the notification for the goal, but. <laughs> Uh, no, it, it was just more a more a Turnbull, and I'm, I'm fed up with talking about him. Yeah. To be honest, like he could have had a hat, or should have had a hat trick. He was only had he um, scored that hat trick, he would have been he would have been at half time, just a goal off top scorer in the league yeah. at that point. And obviously, he would have, as it turned out, needed to have scored five on Saturday to take that or to finish level with Morelos but at the time he didn't know that and <laughs> that would have been a ridiculous story for a 19 year old central midfielder to <laughs> well, he, was, he, he ended up the season with the same goals and assists as Edward which is pretty bonkers yeah and he I, I was there's only in the last 20 years been three central midfielders managed 15 league goals in a season which was uh, Barry Ferguson and Stuart Armstrong so he's had right, quite, yeah. um, quite good company I think that's the thing I th- the whole way through this, I've kind of thought, well, maybe you know, maybe this is almost as good as it gets, and maybe like the only way is down from this next season, and there's going to be some sort of regression to the mean. Yeah. But that level of performance is just something that people who do that regression, I mean, don't do. You know, it's it's just far too good. I, I, you know, I that, just don't think you will even get a next season. No, of them. I think no. he'll. he'll Someone will come in yeah, and yeah, yeah. Really and they'd be stupid to be honest. Be, I saw somebody just fancying this yesterday about or Celtic fans actually. It may be in Celtic given their issue with John McLean. John, not a John McLean. Good. He was Celtic. He was there. But I don't think there was any issues over the uh, parent too much. But um, over John McGinn. Uh, they obviously they, they took too long to uh, put in a decent offer and they penny pinched a bit with it and actually they're kind of saying just go out and pay the money and get them and then you've got them and if you don't need to use them next season then fine but at least get them because uh, this guy is worth it mm. uh, I mean it's it's been incredible for him I th- for, for Livingston maybe just to touch on it, it was slightly more worrying in the sense that their defence that was so good for so much of the season has kind of collapsed in the last few weeks and they were going to lose half of them anyway or two thirds of them so uh, yeah it's a wee bit worrying for them the, the goals they lost especially the first couple yeah. uh, they set you wouldn't think Livingston and Mark and it set pieces no. would be a problem but it seems to be increasingly a bit of a, uh, a problem for them the Turnbull goal from the corners just, just a, a yeah. few days to concede that goal and then the penalty they gave away, like, to con- yeah. <laughs> and that's a penalty. <laughs> and then all the other end, they concede one within that amount of time. It's just uh, the, not the the thing is they they'll have a big rebuild in the summer, and I think it'll be a, a crucial one because you're looking at them now and being like, could go either way, and they really need to, to get a lot out of it. T- Tiffany coming on and scoring twice, I guess, was um, and he's he's not played much this season, no. so he's because uh, he was at Morton, right? They were, he was he's one of the ones they brought in, and so. Yeah. Yeah, I've not seen a lot of them but obviously there's, there's a sign there of maybe there's um, a player in there for next season yeah yeah. I mean he's played he's been I mean he's on his what third fourth maybe fourth season with Clyde as well mm. and, and looked like he had a lot of promise as a 16 year old and he looks I mean he's still only 20 mm. um, well I it it's really it'd be really interesting to see if, how they rebuild mm. if they're going to rebuild in the mould of what's made them successful yeah or if they're going to try and do something else, yeah. Um, they basically got a blank canvas at this point. Yeah, and I mean, if I, if it was me, I would try and rebuild what they're doing yeah. because it's been effective until the point that you know. I mean, they we're talking about St Johnston kind of like ditching down in tools because they were done. Louis been kind of relaxed since about what's happened since December. Yeah. Well, I think I think they're la- there was that. Thumping they gave hearts just before Christmas, and then ever since I think they've won three games this year. Yeah, so, but yeah, they, I mean, they've got um, Lyndon Dykes coming in from Queens, who he's, I mean, the jury's out as to that level, but he's he, a very levy, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. as well. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, I was looking to watching both those playoffs that were on the um, that involved championship teams, and you looked at um, Jordan White and you looked at um. 
Jordan White obviously used to play for Livy, he was a very yeah. Livy type striker, and likewise Diggs are big, big guys, quite mobile, mm. not very good at football, but in some ways it doesn't matter at times, so it'd be, I think he'd be a, a good addition. Yeah, uh, and obviously they've got Marvin Bartley coming in as well, whose day, best days are maybe behind them, but might be able to do a job. a pretty yeah. decent yeah. signing for, uh, interesting to see how that changes the the setup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who, who they bring in at half is going to be interesting, and I think it's kind of shown over the, the, three times uh, in the last five games they've conceded three goals. So that's definitely. I mean, you knew it anyway because the players were going, but it's definitely the area they need to and they'll, they'll strengthen. Have some uncertainty over the summer, probably with. Like I, I don't suspect he'll get the job, but Gary Holt's going to be strongly linked with the Kelly job, you would imagine, and that will hang over them yep. across the summer, I would imagine, unless Kelly make a, a swift appointment. Um, so there will be that kind of... You, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't want him to start making his plans and then disappear. And yeah. then, I mean, Kenny then, Miller comes back yeah, to finish the job. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, even, even, if, even if that... I mean, presumably, Kelly are not going to be in any great rush to, to get, the, get the next manager in. Even if that goes on for, you know, two, three weeks... And there's any kind of rumblings right behind the scenes. Like the Livy rebuild is massive. Yeah. Mm. They need players now. Yeah. Like they need pre contracts. They need players in for the start of June. Because if you don't you know, if you get halfway through June with the squad that they've got and they haven't signed players, then you're like you're into pre season yeah. training in the League Cup before you know it. Yeah. Um if we move on to Sunday's games, so Pretty much at this point, Craig, I'm just going to let you wax lyrical about <laughs> how <laughs> things were at uh, Killies when I guess Rangers that guaranteed third spot for... Yes, uh, it was a, nerv- a nervy day, I would say. I, I didn't expect didn't expect us to win, I don't think. Um, I knew like, Rangers wouldn't necessarily be at their best, but I kind of had a feeling... Kelly probably would draw the game and then would basically be relying on Hibs to do something in it. At the start, it looked like that was going to be fine, but obviously, as it, as it turned out, we, we did need to win. I think we deserved to win. Um, I think over the over the course of the game, Rangers didn't do a lot. Um, they, they, again, we talked about teams having been on their holiday. I don't think they were necessarily on holiday because their, their players were still kind of getting riled up and getting involved mm. in wee niggles and stuff so they weren't like kind of giving up but um, I think they were just when when two teams are playing and one team really 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 want it because they've got something on the line and the other team don't 50-50s just go the way of the team that want it because they're going harder and and that's kind of what it looked like and um, it would be hard to, I mean, across the pitch for Kelly to pick out a bad performer. Everyone turned up, did their job. It was it was a very, very, very Steve Clark performance. It was exactly what you come to expect. It was high energy. It was aggressive. And when we had the ball, it was quite incisive. Um, and, and I guess it's what um, what Scotland will be hoping to see yeah. in the coming years. Um, the goal comes down, I mean, Kamara, um, people including me have been waxing lyrical about his performances. But this, I think that's the one flaw in his game he still expects sometimes a bit much time on the ball and he is he thinks he, I think he also thinks he can beat any player so when someone closes him down he's like looking to take him on um, which can be a good quality to have but um, Malumbu picked his pocket um, a wee quick interchange and then that pass for the goal is, is what Malumbu's best at is just chipping you know these diagonal balls, and we've seen it so often this season. In Burke, he, um, he, I wouldn't say balls a bit much, but Celtic Park, he had the chance one on one with Bain and hit it straight at him. But this time, he, I, I was fully confident he was going to score. I sit almost directly at that kind of perfect angle. I could see the back of Chris Burke as he was lining up that shot, <laughs> and he knew it was going in. At that point, I actually thought probably it was finished one 0 because I thought I'm not sure Rangers are going to really push enough to score and we are very very good at holding on to leads yeah. um, and then Aberdeen I think I think have scored very similar time again and at that point you kind of expected um, I, I kind of expected maybe both games to finish that way yeah. Rangers came out Kelly, Kelly they saw it the first half I thought and then um, Rangers the problem I think Kelly sat back too, too early um, in the second half and, and created a couple of chances and Malone had the one where he foddering him stopped them kind of but Rangers were in the ascendancy they'd been in the ascendancy actually up to the goal in the first half as well and in the second half they were 
kind of growing more into the game. Um, McDonald had made a couple of good saves and uh, yeah, then they, they did score. But then that moment kind of spurred Kelly back into life, I think. Um, even with McDonald having to go off injured, he went off injured and Mackay came on for his debut. It's some some game to get a bit back in the third choice. Well, it was getting strange. Both, both keepers both got injured and, and had and to both teams didn't finish yeah. with a third yeah. choice goalkeeper. <laughs> yeah. um, and then it was fun, there was a funny moment which was uh, with about 10 minutes to go um, Greg Taylor came across to uh, it was kind of a stoppage in play and actually came across to the East Stand um, and was asking someone what the Aberdeen score was because he obviously wanted to know do we need to because it's that weird when, situation yeah. it's like do you do you actually just want to hold on to the one each or do you need to go and, and score the goal and he obviously got the message that, that we needed the goal and then he, he immediately started kind of bombing forward the next time he got the ball it was the camera uh, I, I think for me possibly Kelly's player of the season actually Taylor um, just just tremendous I suspect given um, given that Tierney's out and given who the new Scotland manager is that he's probably going to be rewarded mm. with his first Scotland call if I could be wrong <laughs> um, given that, that that's his same manager just said um, through the week that he was due yeah. one um, it, would, it would surprise me if he wasn't you never know um, yeah, I think he's been tremendous and uh, he kind of has won it drives the team on but they all do did uh, Fowler was saying yesterday in the WhatsApp group because he was at the game for the Scotsman that it kind of felt inevitable that that goal was going to come to did it feel maybe to him <laughs> not to me um, we had that we had the chance I'm trying to think what the chance was just before we scored oh the disallowed goal uh, with Miller which, which always looked offside to me from, from the stand but um, he yeah that, that kind of felt like the moment maybe and then um yeah, O'Donnell. Um, O'Donnell had been the felt like he spent most of the game as Kelly's fullest forward player, and um, got there. It was like my, uh, Brophy was running all over the place, and it was like O'Donnell and Malumbu were the two that you kept finding in centre forward positions. And from at, like, at the game, it looked like a stone wall penalty um, from from my angle, certainly, which was quite far away and extremely biased. But <laughs> watching it back, it is a penalty because he's he's. Shots pulled, and it, uh, that is a penalty. Um, and the ref has a really clear view of that. Of course, he, he does chuck himself down, which um, shades of Alex Bruce the week before, and yeah, <laughs> doesn't matter. You, you get the three points. Who cares? Um, and uh, I think that's three three point three wins. Kelly have had directly from questionable penalties. <laughs> this season. And, uh, I don't know, man. That wasn't that was a penalty. But, Kelly always yeah, cheating. Yeah, but, um, and I did not. I didn't expect him to score. To be honest, Brophy. Even though he scored a lot of penalties, I never really fancy him on penalties. I just there's something about the way he hits them that just Boyd powers them, and and even if he misses, he's usually scored a couple of tappings because it comes off the keeper mm-hmm. and out to him. Profile like, mm. but and it wasn't maybe the best penalty, but it went in, and then to be honest, they just didn't create anything. Yeah. I did half chance for the four that proved offside anyway. Um, all in all, I think. I think Kelly deserved third. I think we were. I think the way it finished was probably about right because they were marginally better than Aberdeen, if not at all, really. Because Aberdeen, um, considering the the injuries they had, and the poor start they had, I think the the fact that they ended up taking it all the way to the to the brink and making Kelly do that was probably a testament to them. But I feel like I've talked a lot there. <laughs> it's all that nervous excitement from yesterday. It was it was a horrible experience right up until the final whistle, yeah. at which point it was, it was magic. Um, just to get that sort of crowd back to Rugby Park, queues outside, queues at the gates, 8,000 Kelly fans there, which is kind of unthinkable. From you know, been lucky if you were getting 2,000 Kelly fans at some games um, previously. Um, so it, it does really... It does really make a difference, in it. and I think the the fact that he was going to, I've already talked about this in our Patreon, which I think is going to go up, but the, the fact he was going to leave was inevitable, so for me, if he was going to go anywhere, that, that that's where part of the job I'd like him to have yeah. left for, so. So, uh, well, I, I guess just in, in terms of that, so obviously it's been announced today that Clark's going to be the Scotland manager, so kind of from a non-Killy perspective, Tom, is that, I, I mean, everyone seems pretty happy with it, which is really rare for any sort of Scotland appointment. Yeah, and I think as much as the SFA have had a hellish amount of grief for the last few appointments and particularly the way they managed to cock up the 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 previous one when O'Neill, everyone knew that there was one candidate and he didn't end up taking the job and just the way that that was home, the whole way that was managed. Was... I think someone made a good point that they basically backed themselves into exactly the same corner this thing but were lucky that Clark, Clark probably had them over a barrel for negotiations at that point because he's like, yeah. well, are you going to give it to fucking Scott Gamble? No. <laughs> um, 
But I mean, they, they, for, for, I don't know whether they whether they he'd given an indication at that point that it was happening before they'd let. The, but regardless, I think they've. It's the first time in a long time they've got a manager who's in the ascendancy, who um, doesn't seem like. I mean, I, probably since. Levine and Burley, but even they had, I think, closer. I think they felt more establishment yeah. than Steve Clark does. Yeah. He feels quite punk rock. It's good. <laughs> um, no, so I think I think everyone. You look at what he's done over the last couple of years, and I think at a time when there have been real headline managers, Rogers and Gerard in particular, there's a fair case for Steve Clark being the headline. Yeah story from from the last couple of years because what he's done with Killian where they were when he when he took over um I just I hope they've got time to do a really well, lucrative it's, it's contract three, yeah, it's three years very difficult, uh, yeah, to, yeah, yeah, very difficult for anyone to come and take him away from yeah I I, 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 lot, I think a lot of the good things about Clark coming are the things that I mean there's a lot of similarities in a sense between Kilmarnock and where he's or where he was with Kilmarnock and where he is with Scotland there was a, it was a kind of Hopeless situation that he came into Kilmarnock when they were bottom two, I think. When he bottom when he was bottom when he was announced, but then he, we beat Partick Thistle when he, when he was in the stands, but not right. the manager, right. and were eleven by then, yeah. so pretty much. Yeah, um, and obviously Scotland are at a point where it doesn't look like they're going to qualify unless they get some bizarre set of circumstances. But now you can sort of imagine that Clark might be able to. Inspire this team to get a result in Russia or Belgium or, or at home to it's pretty both much those teams. Four, four points off Russia. Yeah. We should finish second if we don't fuck up any of the, the easy court marks in their games. Now, you, you wouldn't have had seven given us a chance of doing that under McLean. No. But if you look at it, can Steve Clark set up a team to go and draw 0 0 in Russia? I, could, I think I would fancy if we draw, set up a team to draw 0 0 most places yeah. if he really wanted to. So I think, I think that one of the things as well is that he obviously gets people playing for him so you know so many of those Kelly players have played over and above their level the, arguably the team that started yesterday Malumbu was the only one that wasn't at Kelly when Clark arrived yeah. which is phenomenal for a team that yeah. was bottom of the league yeah. and finished third I mean if you yeah, if you look at like O'Donnell Brophy Dicker Power Greg Taylor Finlay Chris Burke like, yeah, folks thought Chris, Chris Burke was kind of destined to just be bottom end of the table sort of starting to drift into the championship and, and look at him now and, one, yeah. yeah and then <laughs> and, uh, just the fact that he, he can do that and then you, you add in the fact that he'll be using better players as well and how much he could potentially get out to, out the likes of Forrest and Armstrong if he's back and, and no, no Fraser, disrespect to yeah. McKenzie yes, if he can get no, those performances exactly. out of him what can he get out of Ryan Fraser yeah. yes. I mean, I mean, there's a there's a risk of kind of hoping for too much too soon with it, and I think it's only fair that he gets a bit of a chance to bed in before he, you know we start judging him. But you'd like to think, certainly by the time that even if the Euro qualifiers are kind of slipping out of our grasp, but by the time that it's given him lots of time to get ready for the Nations League games, which whoever we play should be winnable with a good manager, and we've got a good manager now. So and he doesn't he doesn't strike. Even like the best managers, either some of them have a weakness for complacency. The, you know, the the Arsene Wenger, even when they were amazing, had the possibility of just not turning up for a particular game. I mean, that's just an example of top head. You know, Celtic under Rogers went for a very long time with it, but there was just the occasional game when it just didn't didn't turn up, and Steve Clark decides. Don't know. Do that. Yeah. Kelly have taken two pumping since he was here, which was we got to be five nil at if five one, four one, five one at Celtic Park. And that was a day where Kelly were top of the league going into it and so mm-hmm. like Celtic were as fired up as if mm-hmm. it was like an old fun game or something. A, a proper old for me, not one like last week where they were not fired up at all. Um and just played us off the park and that was not really down to Kelly. And the other time was the, the cup game at Ibrox where we got a man sent off early on and lost our central defenders and were somewhat um, exposed that that shouldn't happen with Scotland because you, you're hopefully going to have a if, you, if your central defenders get injured you call up different ones yeah. Um, yeah. Um, they're, they're all equally, well usually they're all like, <laughs> yeah. you don't end up with Graham Cherry playing this fucking game that was back for about three years in a crucial qualifier um, yeah no I I'm, I've 
hugely positive about it. Um, as I say, I have resigned myself to the fact that we'd probably be leaving Kelly anyway, so we're better for him to go. Um, and just the speech at the end, they had people leaning out his yeah. hand. It was just very, very. It was like a bit like in WWF when Vince McMahon would come out and kind of give the big <laughs> bruising speech and then the mic drop. And uh, it was a bit like that. And um, so it, 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 yeah, it was a good day. Yeah. Uh, it was an okay day for Aberdeen, but not quite as good given the circumstances around it. Yeah, it was an okay day. Um, like a pretty bad performance, but um, we've just got a pretty good record against uh, against Hibs and I mean I, I don't know it did feel kind of inevitable I did think Killy would win and I think as soon as they scored early on I was kind of resigned to the fact that that they would win the game even when Rangers uh, equalised I and I wasn't at the game I wasn't watching it I was just watching the scores coming in I was like no I just I, I've seen this film before um, I think it Aberdeen did what they had to do, um, and they did it with a. The, they've ended the season with an awful lot of key players out, and for large spells of this season, either players haven't turned up the way that they sh- should have. I mean, we've only really seen anything from James Wilson in the last three or four weeks, and whether that's because he's going a run of games <laughs> or he's decided actually I might need to have a yeah. job in the next few weeks I need something somewhere um, it's hard to tell um, but it was it's kind of been a, a slightly cobbled together squad and um, Hibs were the better side for certainly the first 43 minutes and I think no one has kind of symbol or epitomised the fact that it's not been a great season, but still, somehow, with three minutes of the season left, we're in third place. Then uh, Sam Cosgrove, who <laughs> missed a penalty for the chance yeah. to be the top scorer in the week, it was it was a bit of a, it felt like a bit of a classic Sam Cosgrove goal, the one that he scored as well. Where the first touch was okay, the second touch off his shin was uh, slightly less so, but it actually almost helped him because it disguised he's got a, the. He's got a touch like a fifty p yeah. piece. It's <laughs> like you don't know which angle it's going to come off, and. I mean, he he had a really really hot run of uh, at the end of last year, the start of this year, and not hasn't been so great since. But you know, uh, credit to him, he's he's up to the top goals. Uh, he's up there. I love watching. He's just one of like really, you just do not know what you're getting out of them, and they're yeah. just. And then, oh, there's a goal kind of thing. It reminded me of, um, who was the boy? Ah, that's a terrible, because I can't remember his name. And he used to turn up in the English Premier League all the time. It's not Kevin Davies, but he was like Kevin Davies. And uh, Jeff Horsfield. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And he would just turn up and he'd be like, who is this guy? (laughs) And then he would score tons of goals and he'd be like, okay. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, just quite a blunt instrument. But having said that, if you'd said to anyone at the end of last season that Sam Cos would, would even get double figures, oh, yeah. they, they would have thought yeah. you were insane. So, you know, if you can, if if you can show any kind of improvement again, it, it, it's been a it's been a very odd season. I think parts of that game summarised the the season. You know, ultimately they won a scrappy game where the Hibs were the better team, and Hibs looked like they were really enjoying themselves. Uh, you know, Stevie Mallon was taking pot shots. Daryl Horgan had a good chance. Um, Murray had a, I think Murray had a good chance to make it two 0 and Hibs kind of switched off, lost the ball in midfield. Um, tenacity from Shinny, which we've seen right the way through the season. Conor McLennan getting on the end, uh, picking up the loose ball, and he's been the most exciting, mm. bright spot of a pretty doer season. Uh, and Cosgrove kind of by elbows and knees <laughs> managing to force it across the line. Um but yeah, I think I think that and Stevie May managing to Yes, we can't let we can't we can't let it go past without talking about Stevie May's shot, which somehow goes well behind He him. sets up a counter attack. <laughs> <laughs> It's like no matter how many times you watch it, you're like, I'm just not quite sure how the physics yeah, work. Yeah, it defies all the <laughs> conventional. Um, it was like that. It was like in FIFA when FIFA '92 or something. Where yeah. the ball would hit like this invisible wall, and it's like something's gone wrong. Yeah, it's like you know there's that saying about uh, your second touch being a tackle. It's like his second touch is a counter attack, <laughs> or his so, second shot. Uh, so strange. And, and, and what's what's weird with Stevie Ray is actually. 
if 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 as a forward player his trade wasn't in scoring goals, yeah. then he would have had a reasonably good he, season because he's like he's been tenacious. He's been used in games where they uh, they needed to kind of press a bit more, and there's maybe needed to be if he wouldn't take so many pot shots, and if he would just have a slightly camera head and one on ones, then he would have had a lot of. He's got no goals from open play this season, <laughs> and. Um, it's a pretty damning statistic. Yeah, sounds like a perfect Tommy Wright signing for next season. <laughs> um, yeah, not much to say in Hibs, I guess. Um, Milligan is another one leaving Hibs at the end of the season. Mark McNally finally scored for the first time in eight games. Uh, but yeah, they've not been great since the split. They only get two points. Uh, they were draws against that, Celtic and Hearts. That was always coming because they've, they've still not beat anyone good. Yeah. They, they, um, be hearts but that doesn't count no I don't, I don't um, think you call them good no. Craig anymore um, <laughs> so next season will be a challenge he'll bring in his own team I think he's, um, he's he'll use the English market a lot and, and that's, a, that's a lucky dip you can end up with good players or bad players and it's almost like he could, he could sign three guys from League 1 and two from the Championship and the League 1 guys could prove yeah, better yeah. it's just a complete it's a lot yeah and it'll be it'll, I'm looking forward to the point where these defeats matter and uh, Heckenbottom just goes mental because he does definitely seem like the sort. Even even the the three well the, the latter couple of games which have been meaningless. Yes, he said his moments. Yeah, 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 yeah even this one he's like we were yeah. absolutely amazing. Everything that we like, everything good we did, only one of them came off. Everything bad we did was punished. And like Hibs were the better team for at least. 43 minutes and had their moments in the second half as well but they could easily have lost they should have lost yeah. 3-1 uh, pretty soft penalty but they weren't magnificent no <laughs> they were a long way Gary McKay Stevens final with him and he does leave like he just had to haunt Hibs one <laughs> he said that I mean that his post-match interview was very very strange because I mean, everyone's assuming he's leaving yeah. I mean he's, everyone's assuming he's off but it, he, he genuinely seems to be unsure of what he's doing now and it's like mm. he's given the interview on like the 19th of May that most players give on like the 15th of November <laughs> because he said uh, oh the season's over now I'm going to sit down with my family and speak to my agent and, and it's like yeah I mean you must have like five weeks left of employment <laughs> what are you going to do I mean you must, maybe you do have offers but presumably you know, I assume one of the offers is to stay put. And he was like, you know, a big season next season. The new training facilities are. I love working with the manager and things like that. He's like, yeah, those are the interviews you give in your sit down. <laughs> yeah, six weeks before his contract's due to be up. Presumably, someone else is waiting on an answer mm-hmm. for something somewhere else. Yeah, all o- for options. <laughs> <laughs> um, last game of the season, I guess, and also of us talking about it this evening. Basically, there's just all we can talk about here is the 16 year old that turned up at Celtic Park at the weekend. Uh, really exciting, Craig. Eh? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, good to see Aaron Hickey. <laughs> first start for Hearts, and uh, he looks like he might have a, a good career ahead yeah, of him. He does, um, and he looks 16 as well. Yeah, yeah, in, fact, in fact, for both 16 year olds that play, he very much looked 16. Lucky if he did. <laughs> yeah, he did. Uh, 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 both of them actually, I mean, Hickey came on. Um, the last time against Aberdeen yeah. last weekend and I thought it looked quite decent for a, for a young boy Hearts have brought in as Levine tends to do a few younger players and just doing me bits and pieces and they all look like they could have a future and we've talked about this before that maybe at some point he's just going to get rid of everyone and just yeah. play around he's going to play all of these young boys and it could be like when Ferguson did it with um, you know he won't win anything with kids Classic. except being Craig Levine he won't win anything with anybody <laughs> um, and I can say that now that I have Kelly Arnold lying on um, <laughs> and I'll quite happily sing the Hearts song on this podcast if we do win the cup yeah um, wow um, <laughs> uh, just, just to, kind of, to, to take on a, a Joel Sked uh, special there um, and we, we probably should I mean we're being a wee bit facetious but Probably should talk about the slightly more exciting sixteen-year-old yeah. on uh, Sunday. The, there's been so much talk about Caramelco Dembele and, and how good he's going to be. And then there was something in the papers the other week about the fact that scouts are beginning to question it because he's not developing physically the way that, that some of the scouts maybe down south wanted. And he certainly he came on for the second half yesterday for his debut. He's absolutely tiny. I don't remember seeing a first-team player so small. There was the uh, John Paul McKissick at Gretna was pretty small from what I remember, but 
Dembele seems tiny, but but he was he was actually kind of thrilling watching yeah, him. Yeah, he, yeah. he was really. He, there was one point where he gets absolutely at nine. Yeah, that was by a fellow sixteen. It wasn't. It wasn't a swear. He wasn't getting bodied by. I remember last season Hearts played Chris Hamilton. I think it was young centre half. The final day of the season, and Chris Boyd just ran into him, <laughs> and he went about five yards. He bounced off him, um, but no, I, I think obviously he's had a lot of a talk about him. I mean, he, he does look a talent. They be the Youth Cup final that was on. He was he was several years younger than most of the players on that park, and he was one of the one of a few that stood out that that night as well. Rangers had some good players as well, but he was the one for Celtic that I thought yeah, he he does look good. It's always very hard to judge, but you, when you judge him, is if he's brought on like, like you think of Mikey Johnson he scored two goals and he looked great in that game but he's played twice against Rangers and been swallowed up yep. by it the test comes have you got the bottle to turn up and play in big games I think someone like yep. Harry Cochrane who at a similar age ran the show against Celtic in a big game and he's not maybe had a brilliant season but you maybe expect him to start the cup final next week because he's just that kind of big game player you've not seen that yet I mean it is a little bit I mean had he scored he'd been the second youngest goal scorer behind Jack Aitchison who mm. is the kind of exact example yeah, that you show that he's yeah. now 20 he was unknown at Aloha the season didn't do a huge yeah. amount um, I, you know he, he was 17 he's 17 days younger than him so it is getting in and if he's I mean if he's as thrilling as he was then he'll definitely get game time, and he'll definitely, you know, he'll he'll come on in the role that Weir had this season when come in on trying to get the third and a new one win or four one win, you know, the traditional Mark Burchill role from back in the day. Um, but he he was he was really I mean joking about him getting absolutely killed, but he you know he takes a heavy challenge and he gets up and goes again and to you know. It was a kind of level of confidence as well, just to, to do and it. And you yeah. hear it was yeah. like hearing it on goal again. And he was exciting to watch, and he was trying things, and he didn't look short of confidence, and he didn't look rattled when he got rattled. Yeah. Um, and I, I think he does look like he's got all the attributes to be a really, really, really good player. I think that the worrying thing is he may not represent Scotland, um, yeah. which would be. I don't know how many there's, there's, Celtic fans will care about that or, yeah. or, or, or many will well many won't but he, he looks like a real talent yeah and there's still I think, still some hopes that they can get him back from England under 17s I think he's, he's been, been a back and forth already it's yeah. kind of fair enough uh, just yeah. to take what you can but for the rest of the game it's just a non-event what's the, what's the point no it was it was a total non-event on the uh, build up to the cup final with the same two teams yeah, it, so. if that's going to happen you're always going to get a shadow boxing yeah. thing where nobody's going to reveal their, their team no. um, so well, done, did, well done to Celtic for winning the league congratulations really interesting outcome I think the one the one thing that is worthwhile is uh, you know there's that iconic photo of Maradona and there's like seven yeah, Belgians around yeah. him and there's one of Messi doing it exactly the same. Mikey Johnson did that for the first <laughs> for the first part, for the first goal where there are five players round about him and he like drops the shoulder and they all go in the same direction. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I think I mean it was interesting to see the the young players, uh, but uh, like you say, a total non-event. Yeah. It, it's going to be. Uh, I would I'm not going to say that I would like Celtic to win the cup because I just can't bring myself to do it but I'll happily support Craig Levine losing it that sounds a fair enough way to say it <laughs> uh, right, we've been uh, a bit of a bumper edition here so, so we're not doing one on Thursday so that's a um, we well, I think we've got three more two more after today for the season which is the um, playoff and cup final round up next week and then um the traditional end of season award show, so we're not going to have to. You've got an extra ten minutes yeah. of content to Fair enough. as opposed to fifty minutes. So we're actually about forty minutes behind in terms and of we're content. Not, we're not talking for forty no, minutes. No, no, certainly not on that game. No, we've run, <laughs> we've run out of chat. Um, we will do a bit of a Patreon, which we haven't really discussed, but we'll maybe do something about the uh, playoffs, the, yeah. the other playoffs, uh, and maybe something else that we can cobble together. Of the season. Yes. That's what I had in mind. Oh, did you? Okay. We hadn't planned it, and I was like, that's something we can easily do okay. without uh, 
Aber maybe a seven. But okay, yeah. we'll, we'll see. Uh, join the join us on the Patreon where you can find out what we're actually going to do. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's us. You can catch us in all the usual places. Uh, but I think that's it for us. Thanks, Greg. Thank you. Thanks, Tom. Cheers. Thank you. Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.